Welcome to Woman Be Healed podcast, the show that talks about real and raw issues women face so they can walk in the spirit of freedom. Here is your host, Apostle Nakia Calhoun. Welcome to the Woman Be Healed podcast. I'm excited to be able to do another podcast with a very special guest. I like to call her Pastor Prophet Brandy Brown. She's pretty much all of the above, an intercessor, and we're so honored to have her on our show today in regards to being healed and delivered from secret struggles and battles um, to get us to understand how to walk in freedom. And so I'm so excited to those of you that are joining in. We are so delighted and happy that you're able to join us. Now, do know this, you're able to join on the Prophetic Women Arise ministry page there, and you're also able to join on our YouTube page live as well. Any comments, any questions, you can definitely put them in the chat as you feel free to do so. And Brandy uh, will definitely be sure to make sure she can answer those questions and also be able to reach out to you if she's let to do so. Now, if you are on the podcast with us live, if you're part of the live audience, the only way you could do a live call if you're on your computer. So if you're using your mobile phone, you would not be able to ask any questions live at all. Um, so you'll just have to go to the Facebook Live page um, and be able to put your questions there. And I'll make sure that I get them to Brandy so she can answer any questions that you need. Okay. I'm going to give it a couple of seconds for those of you to share. Um, so you can tag your friends. If you know someone that's even in ministry, that's dealing with a secret addiction or a battle that they feel like they can't share with anyone. This is the podcast. You need to bring them on, tag them in, let them know that there is a guest today that's going to be transparent and tell us the way to walk in liberty and freedom in Christ. So while we're waiting, I'm going to make sure um, that looks like our platforms are open. We're on Facebook Live. So those of you, if you're not a part of the live audience, they could join a prophetic on the rise ministry and um, look like we're having a little bit of trouble with YouTube and we're going to work that out and we're going to be fine. But as long as we are on the Prophetic Women Rights Ministry page, that's good enough for me. And I could just add the video in at a later time for YouTube. So I'm not going to prolong the time um, because I do want this woman of God to share with us today the process of walking it out. I'm going to give you a background of Pastor Prophet Brandy Brown. She is a Word of God preacher, a prophetic voice to the body of Christ. She loves to minister inner healing and deliverance. She also loves to serve the body of Christ through prayer and intercession. Her favorite color, and I love this, y'all, is transparency because it brings the most freedom. She has four amazing children. Yes, she does. Chandler, Chelsea, Brianna, and Brian. And she also has a wonderful husband named Johnny Brown. And above all, she is a daughter of the most high God. We welcome you, Brandy. We thank you for being a part of the Women Be Your podcast. I'm now going to turn it over to you. 
thank you so much for just allowing me this door. Thank you for allowing me an opportunity um, just to have a platform and to share. You know, um, I wish there would have been a lot of transparency when I was coming up in my walk, but I'm thankful that I get to be uh, that vessel for the Lord. Um, so, you know, I, I'll just keep it real and keep it transparent. You know, the Bible tells us to confess our faults, you know, and, and unfortunately, um, the church has not always been a safe place to confess our faults because a lot of times people are taking what you tell them and they're attacking you with it or using it as ammunition to step on your neck instead of being, um, a part of the body that builds up and encourages, you know, unfortunately in past, we have just done the opposite of that and caused a lot of people to be hurt and a lot of people to not get free from the things they're struggling with. You know, for me, um, I was born with a uh, cleft lip and palate, which means that uh, I had a split in my lip and the top of my mouth was not developed. Because of that, I went through 18 surgeries from the time I was two weeks old until the time I was uh, 15, 16. Uh, so that caused a lot of just rejection. You know, my mom had me at a young age. She was 17. Her and my dad were together for like a year. Um, and because of the way that I was born, my father had an issue um, kind of dealing with it and there was a time that my mom told me she said brandy she said he tried to kill you he tried to smother you with a pillow and i had to bust in the door to try to get to you so it's it's things like that you know and and just um just walking through that whenever i was like three or four i did get visitation with my dad every so often and um he pretty much put his penis in my hand at the age of three or four. And in that time, my innocence was stolen. There was a doorway that was opened up in the spirit that would follow me um, throughout my childhood and, and throughout my um, throughout my adulthood. It, it was like my innocence was stolen and the enemy had a foothold now. You know, there was something there that he could use, even though it wasn't my fault, there was something there that he could use, that he could attach to, that he could, you know, um, mess with. And it's those little things like that. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for everything that I've been through because it, it is the reason I am who I am today. I wouldn't take any mm -hmm. of it back. You know, because I stand here strong, healed, and delivered, and I'm thankful for that. So, um, fast forward a little bit through school, you know, bullied, picked on, and I got to the place to where um, I just hated who I was. You know, I, for many times, I just cried, God, why would you make me like this? Why would you make me like this? You know, you say you love me. And yet, why would you make me like this? You know, I, I didn't see that love. All I was getting was rejected and hurt and pain. And then um, just the relationships with men was so distorted and messed up 
that I couldn't have a healthy relationship with the man because of the violation that my father did, Mm. you know, as a child. And my mother, unfortunately, you know, you do the best you can as a parent. Children don't come with instruction manuals, you know, and, and if you don't have that teaching before you have children, you're going to contaminate and hurt your own personal kids. You just are. You know, so that's why it's so important to break cycles and to not continue to do the things that your parents done. We want to do better for our children. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't hear my mom say, I love you. I, I don't remember a time that she came and she just hugged me and said, you know, Brandy, I love you. I don't remember those times. And that's not to say, because she argued with me after she read my book, and she was like, yes, I did. But that just goes to show you that the things that a child perceives about their parents affects them. So whether or not she did or she didn't, I don't have that memory of that. So to me, in my perception, she never did. And because of that, I chose to um, do my kids a lot different. I hugged them every day. I told them I loved them. I wouldn't let them go to sleep mad at me. I would probably make them mad and then go in there and say, "Uh -uh, (laughs) uh-uh, come here. Give me a hug. Give me a kiss. You know, you're you're not going to bed mad at me. So, um, you know, it, it just affects the way you walk. And my mom used to tell me, you know, in in her anger, she used to say, you know, um, y'all are never going to amount to anything, and um, you ain't nothing if you ain't got a man, and just little things like that. You ain't nothing if you ain't got no man, and y'all are going to keep me from having a man. So that, that trauma from hearing that and having that mindset forced on us, and I unfortunately i call it horror mentality how do you get over one man you get under another i heard that as a kid you know and and the lifestyle that i saw lived out in front of me was one of promiscuity and i'm not talking bad about my mom i love her and she did the best she can but this is this is what your children see so i had to break those cycles with my own kids they didn't see me you know, in my promiscuity. I kept them from that. Um, you know, but anyway. So, um, you know, me and my mom have a real good relationship now. Um, I'm able to look back and appreciate her and her struggle. You know, sometimes people can't give love because they haven't been loved themselves. So a lot of that is from her own brokenness and her doing the best she can. And regardless of whether or not it was good enough, she did the best she could. Yes. So I love her and honor her in that. Because um, her struggle wasn't my struggle. My struggle was completely different. So uh, anyway, um, I had a, a very promiscuous lifestyle. I did not who, know who I was. Um, I honestly thought that, that sex was love. It, it had a... It had a temporary fix to a hole that was in my heart that was just wanting to You know, I, all my life, I just wanted to be loved. I just wanted somebody to regard me as valuable and to love me. 
And I, I didn't feel like I had that because mom was working constantly, working two, three jobs at times. She had to be the man and the woman. She couldn't be the emotional support I needed. My dad was absentee. He was non-existent, you know, other than occasional weekends here or there. So I didn't have anybody that um, just poured into me emotionally or raised me. Nobody taught me how to be a wife. Nobody taught me how to be a mother. I didn't know anything about anything and everything I learned, I learned the hard way. And that's just true. I mean, when mm -hmm. I had my son at 15, I didn't know how to birth or change a baby. Well, so I, I was I was really in some mess. And my poor baby went through it that first month or so. And I'm talking about just about every time he ate, he just projectile vomited because I didn't know you're supposed to birth the child, you know. So it's little things like that. And, um, you know, we just kind of navigate life just the best that we can and you can tell your kids all you want to of how they need to live but they're going to do what they see you do they're going to walk it out the way they see you walk it out you know and and you have an opportunity to change everything so going forward you know um i left my mom's house I had my first child at 15, two months before I turned 16. I left my mom's house and went to move in uh, with my grandmother. And I was still an idiot. I'm just being real. Wow. I was still partying. I was still um, just making bad choices, going here, doing that, whatever I wanted to do. And I was hard-headed and selfish and very disrespectful. And my grandmother stepped in and she uh took care of my son and i was all over the place so um at 18 i had my second one i had chelsea and it it was you know i believe that god sometimes gives women children to settle them down you know sometimes i believe that he really does put you in a position where yes. um you need to be like screw you need to be stopped you know what i mean you need to be something needs to happen to you to where you need to be sat down so he can deal with you and yes. with her that was the moment that i began to just really just look at myself and look at my life and and really care about her i didn't want to make the same mistakes with her i didn't and i was very protective over her because of me feeling like my son had been taken away. So what, nobody gonna get this baby, you know? <laughs> and I was gonna fight tooth and nail, you wasn't getting this one, you know? You might have that one, but you're not getting these. So um, that, that just kind of provoked me to try to get my life together in a sense as far as, you know, start working and not partying so much and staying home and stuff like that. So when Chelsea was um, when Chelsea was about two years old, I met my first husband, and it was a crazy whirlwind um, just relationship. It was a very toxic relationship. We never had a happy medium. It was always mm -hmm. extreme wonderful highs or very bad lows. Wow. 
um, there was adultery, there was abuse, there was emotional abuse, physical abuse, you know, narcissistic, I mean, baby, textbook narcissist. But, you know, <laughs> me being the person that I was, I was weak. I did not know my identity. I had my identity wrapped up in so many things, so many titles. You know, women, we have a lot of, we have a lot of titles that are put on us. Mother, wife, mm -hmm. friend, sister, pastor, prophet, whatever. Um, CEO, and we have all these hats that we're supposed to feel. And if you're not careful, those hats will consume your identity. That's good. If you're not careful, you will get lost into what your title is. That's but good. unfortunately, it's not about our titles because our identity is son or daughter of God, period. Our function, our gifting is simply how we serve the body of Christ. So even though I operate in prophetic and I am called to the prophetic, that is my function as if I am serving the body of Christ. Yes. That is what I'm supposed to do. I am a servant. The fivefold ministry are servants. We serve the body of Christ. We equip you. We help you. So it is my job and my passion to make sure that you hear and you see and you receive what the Lord is saying to you. Because I know that if you hear and you see what the Lord is saying to you, then guess what? Your life is going to change. Yes. Just like my life changed. It was all Jesus. It was all him. So I went through a very nasty, nasty 20 years with my ex. And I divorced him twice. Because we got remarried. I thought it wow. was different the second time because, you know, I... I rededicated my life to Christ. So, you know, wow. I was hopeful that God was going to change my husband and God was going to um, bring us to a place where, you know, we were both living for him. But what I didn't take into account was this. We all have free will. He had a choice and God brought him to a crossroads and he had a choice to move into godliness or stay in his mess. And he stayed in his mess. Jesus. So because of that, you know, I'll never forget it because when you are a Christian woman and you are married to a man, you are unequally yoked in every way, shape, form, and fashion. And you Jesus. know it because you know this man is not serving God and he really don't care. And it's all about him and it's not about anybody else, even to the point that he would want to separate you from your children and your loved ones. It's not about anybody but himself. You know Jesus. that. Okay, so, you know, he has the free will to choose godliness. He has the free will. And God is not going to, he's not going to trespass will. He's not going to do it. He can if he wants to, but he's not going to do it because then he would violate his word. He's not going to cross your will. So we all have a choice. And yes. he chose, you know. And me being a Christian woman walking through a divorce, walking through um, just the, the, the shame, because there is a shame that comes 
when you're supposed to be a Christian and now you're walking through a divorce. There is there is a um, a religious type uh, shame and guilt that comes with that. And, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I was broken. I was bloody and I was bleeding out everywhere. Jesus. But I want you to know that God used me more in that season of brokenness and bleeding out than he ever did before. And I question him, God, how are you using me? I'm damaged goods. You know, I'm, I'm going through a divorce, you know, and, and I didn't understand at that time that, um, you know, God was using me through all this pain and all this junk. And every single time I would see my ex walk into the church building, I would have to go to the altar and sit at the altar because I was in spiritual warfare the entire time. I had to intercede. There were times when I was in the house and I literally had to take authority over the atmosphere because the demon presence were Jesus. I literally, one morning, I'll never forget this as long as I live. This is before I left. Me and my two girls are in my prayer closet in my office, and the atmosphere is so thick with a demonic presence, and I'm sitting there, and I'm feeling it, and the only thing I could do was grab hands with them and take authority over that atmosphere, and then it shifted, but it was more than just a physical struggle. It was an emotional struggle. It was a spiritual struggle. It was everything, and I felt like I was being ripped apart. Jesus. You know, when you, when you come together in marriage, it says that, you know, two become one. You know, your spirits are, are, are joined. So when people go through divorce, it's literally like them being pulled apart, ripped apart. And things, you know, it, it was like I was mourning. I was mourning that relationship. I was mourning it. You know, it, it, it was a really hard time for me. But I want to tell you that I had so much, you know, God is near to the brokenhearted. He's close when you're going through it. He fights for you. There were times when I could not fight for myself. There were times when I could not encourage myself. And I had to trust him. I had to worship. And the Lord put worship flags in my hand. And that is how I warred through my season. And I ripped these flags to shreds. And I actually have them here. But I literally ripped these flags to shreds. I mean, just they're, they're just torn and, and mangled. But it was the warfare I had to go through to survive Jesus. that season. Um, so when I came out on the other side, I had, I had a man... That came, he was uh, a guy from Louisiana, I believe. But anyway, he, he frequented our church, and he came, and he gave me a word, and he told me, he said, all of heaven absolves you. I had to have this word because I couldn't move forward because I felt like I had stepped outside of um, just what I was supposed to do. And the Lord told me before I left, and this was kind of that push. He said, I promised you a godly husband. I did not say it was him. Jesus. Now, some people may disagree with that, but I know what I heard. 
And it was that release in my spirit that I needed to step outside of that and to actually move forward with the divorce. But I still had to walk it out. I still had to feel what I felt. I still had to go through those things. And when that man of God came and he laid hands on me, he asked me, he said, he said, uh, you're married? And I was like, yeah. Well, where is he? I'm like, well, he's here and I'm here and we're going through a divorce and it just is what it is. And he told me, he said, I want you to know this day that all of heaven absolves you. Jesus. You are released. And he told me, he said, he said, whenever God brings people to a crossroads, they have an opportunity to change or to continue on the path that they've laid for themselves. God is gracious and he gives us that right to choose. Yes, he does. And, you know, it just is what it is on that. Um, But he told me, he said, and I know you're not looking right now. I know you're not looking right now for a a new husband, but I want to tell you this, that what God has got for you will pale in comparison. It will be like nothing you've ever imagined, nothing you've ever experienced in life. And he said, and I know you, he said, I know you by the spirit that you are mature enough that when that person presents himself, you will take it to spiritual authority. And that's exactly what I did. When, you know, when I, I saw my husband for the first time, I was like, oh my God, you know, I'm freaking out. I'm fasting. I'm praying like, uh-uh, this is, <laughs> this is not cool, you know, and, and I did. And, and I went to my spiritual authority and I walked it out. Um, and then, you know, we got married and, and, but I want to tell you there was, there was a two-year period in between divorce and uh, remarriage. Amen. And that two-year period, I went through so much healing, you know, inner healing and deliverance. The Lord was just, you know, bringing things up. And, you know, during my time in prayer, during my time in worship, you know, I've been through inner healing and deliverance programs. I've been through the whole soul ties. I've been through Sozo. I've been through anything and everything. Um, plus five years on my face in a prayer closet. The Lord will do surgery on you if you let him. Um, you know, so I've been through it. I, I mean, I could tell you that the only way I survived any of it was God. Um so there were times that I would be in extreme prayer and uh, I would literally feel like the Lord was doing surgery on my heart. I would feel him pull things out, you know, and he would tell me, take a deep breath. You know, I'm pulling things out. At one point I saw him pulling spirits out, mm. literally pulling them out. Jesus. Now see, I'm going to tell you like this, a lot of people want to go to a man A lot of people want to give man credit and say, oh, well, um, I'm going to go over here and let this man lay hands on me and impart and pray for me. No, I'm going to tell you who you go to. You go to the Holy Ghost because he is the deliverer. He is the one that saves, heals, and makes whole. He is the one, not a man. 
Now, if you're going to a man, the man's only using what the Holy Spirit's put in him and released through him. So we need to make sure that we have our focus on where it counts, and that's the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we get so caught up in, in running after a prophetic word. You know, there was a time when the Lord shut all that down. The Lord, you know, I used to go to an intercessors group every week. We had personal prayer. We would literally lay hands and pray over each other and give each other prophetic words. And it was wonderful and it was amazing. But in those times, you can get codependent on words from other people. Come on. God shut it all down. He said, nope, I'm separating you unto myself. I need you to be able to listen to me. I need you to be able to hear only from me because there is going to come a time in your life when you're going to be by yourself and you better know how to hear the voice of God. Period. (laughs) I mean, there's going to be times when it's just going to be you and there's nobody around and you're in a war and you're in a battle in the middle of the night and you ain't got nobody to call. You better know how to call on Jesus. You better know how to pull on the anointing of the Lord. Yes. You know, and, and, and that's just what it is. I mean, I, I got so close to the Lord in those two years where he had me separated. And the Lord told me at one point, he said, you know, you've got a hole in your heart. And, un, you know, I, I didn't know that I was doing this. But that's the good thing about the Holy Spirit is he searches the deep things of your heart. And he he pulls those things to the surface. You know, a lot of people think that that leaders and pastors and apostles and things of that nature, people that are in the the limelight that you see all the time that are preaching and, and, you know, giving the word, they think that they don't get dealt with in the whole, you know, with the Holy Spirit. They think these people are just super Christians and they never go through anything. But I got news for you. We do it in the secret place all the time. Jesus. Constantly. You know, deliverance and healing and forgiveness and repentance is a lifestyle. So if you want to grow and you want to get healed and you want to get delivered, you're going to have to live in those places of forgiveness in those places of repentance because you're going to miss it. You're going to have to live in those places of surrender that when the Lord reveals how ugly your heart is and those nasty things that you don't want anybody to know, when he reveals those things, you have an opportunity to give it to him and let him heal it or you can keep it and be miserable because you'll be miserable until you give it back, until you give it to him and let him heal it. So I went through a lot of inner healing, deliverance. I went through a lot of um, perception change. Like mm. I looked at my new husband when we were dating and I was like, if I can't get to the place, I say I love this man, but do I just love him for what he can do for me? Or do I love him for the idea that I put on him? That's good. Can I, can I love him for his identity? Can I love him as a son of God, regardless of what he's done for me? What is my ultimate goal as far as loving my husband? And I came to the realization that I have to love you regardless. I have to love you 
if you never do anything for me, I have to love you. If you never fulfill any need in my life, I have to love you. I have to love you and honor who you are as God created you to be. That's how you truly love somebody. When you can say, you know what? I want what God wants for you. I don't want what I want for you. I want what God wants for you. Because unless he's walking in the fullness of God, he is not, he's not fulfilled either. Mm. So in order for my husband to, to lead and guide me according to God's will, plan, and purpose, then he has to be walking that life too. Yes. So I got over myself. Jesus. I got over myself and what I, what I wanted from people. A lot of times we get offended and mad because people are not meeting our expectations. Come we on. put people here on pastors, especially our pastors, our leaders. We put our, our pastors way up here above all the earth because we feel like they will never hurt us and they will never do anything wrong. Well, I've got a newsflash for you. Pastors are people too. They are imperfect. They struggle with this humanity thing just like everybody does. So just like you want grace in your mess, we need grace in ours. Jesus. And that's just how it is. You know, um, but I had a choice. I had a choice. Was I, was I going to be healed? Was I going to walk this out with the Lord in a way that honored him? Was I going to walk it out in a way that um, promoted Christ in my life? People are watching you. People are watching you walk through hell. And Jesus. they want to know how you're going to respond. And you know what? What was crazy is a lot of people watch my walk through, you know, that transition of like two, three years. They watch my walk. They watch me with the tears. They watch me with the breakthrough. They watch me with, you know, the times when I was just in extreme intercession. They watched everything I walked through. And it encourages people when you walk it out the right way. And I don't give myself any credit. The only thing I give myself credit for is I didn't give up. I just kept reaching into God because he was the only thing I had. He was the only thing that was going to work. He was the only thing that could help me to get through, you know, and, and the enemy's going to come in those relationships. The enemy's going to come in between relationships with you and, you know, your leaders. Yes. You have an opportunity every time those offenses come, those little, those little division things, you have an opportunity to agree with that mess or to say no, regardless, I'm going to honor, Jesus. regardless, I'm going to love, regardless, I'm going to pray. So I'll give you a little freebie. This ain't, this ain't even in, uh, in my book, um, but I, I'll give you a little bit. I believe that our testimony continues to evolve. It continues to grow. I am constantly growing. I am constantly being changed by, by the Holy Spirit. You know, I believe that every, I want to be better tomorrow than I was today. That's my goal. I want to know Christ more tomorrow than I know him today. So as long as I'm pushing forward into that mark, into him, because nothing matters to me other than knowing Christ and him crucified. That's what matters to me. 
because at the end of my life, when I stand before a holy and perfect God, I want him to say, come in, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want him to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. But didn't we prophesy the house down in your name? (laughs) Didn't we cast out devils and demons? Didn't we operate in the authority that you gave us? Depart from me, I never knew you. So how crazy would it be to walk with God for 50 years of your life only to get to the moment that you're standing before the only one that holds your eternity in his hand? Jesus. And to know that you did all this stuff with a motive to serve him and love him, but yet you never took the opportunity to know him. Mm. Because we as ministers can get so wrapped up in ministry It can be our identity. It can be how we put ourselves in this little box. And that's what I did. I did this recently, like last year. I had put myself in a box. Well, this is ministry, and this is what it is, and this is what it's going to be. And God rebuked me. And he said, I didn't call you only to these four walls. I called you outside. You are not only a local voice, but you are a global voice. And I had to repent. I had to repent because I had got so caught up in this, you know, we can get complacent. We can get comfortable in what we know and what we do. But God says, no, there's more for you. There's more for you than what you've locked yourself in a box. And there's somebody that I'm talking to right now, and I feel it in my spirit. There is somebody that has their identity locked away in a box. They have put themselves in a box of limitations, and God is trying to break you out right now. So, Father, I thank you that in this moment, revelation comes. I thank you, Father, that in this moment, breakthrough comes. I thank you, Father, that in this moment, they are being broken out of that box in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the realization, for the lights going off, God, and I just thank you for it. I thank you for power and authority being flooded into that vessel, God, and I thank you for the love of God being shed abroad in their heart in Jesus' name. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, um, we get so carried away. So I got to a point to where I had reached burnout Mm. as a minister. Mm. And, you know, there are things that happen in ministry. I was over, um, I'm still the lead intercessor at the cave uh, ministry. I'm still an ordained pastor there. You know, I, I do worship and preach and whatever, you know. But I was doing so much. There was so much that I I basically put myself into full-time ministry. And God didn't call me there. And because of that, I had this burden on my shoulders that I was not meant to carry. And it was crushing me. And I came to a place in myself. And I said, God, I don't want any of this. I don't want it. God, I want you to strip me of everything that I've gotten done. I just want you to strip me. Because I was literally going five days a week, seven days a week. I was always available for everybody, staff-related, uh, congregation. It didn't matter. I was at every function. I was, I was just doing way too much. 
I had the right motive as far as loving my leaders and honoring my leaders and serving my community and serving my church, but it got lopsided. My balance was off. Mm. I started allowing ministry and everything else to take precedence over my personal time with the Lord. And I stepped out of that, that positioning of first love. So when the Lord, you know, the Lord, it, it was almost within 24 hours, the Lord removed everything from me. Just like that. I stepped down from everything. I removed everything and I went into sabbatical. And there was a time in there that I had an opportunity to be church hurt. Because I had an expectation of ministry and my leaders that was a little lopsided. So I had an opportunity to be church hurt, but I allowed the Lord. After a breakdown, I said, Lord, if you don't help me get through this, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to be able to get through this. Jesus. So the Lord would not allow me to run. I wanted to run. How many people get offended and run? But I got news for you. The way you leave one is the way you enter another. Jesus. So you're always going to have to go back and make it right. So you may as well just stay and get it together while you're in that place. But I knew I was not being released from the ministry. I knew that the Lord called me there and he was going to deal with me. And I had to walk this out in obedience. And it was, it was a hard time. It was a hard time. But, you know, I realized in that moment that the only thing that matters in ministry is presence. It's yes. You have to do everything from presence. This is a love affair with God. This is this is a, a relationship with Him. I don't do things um, for Him. I do things with Him. You know, it's it's like my pastor says. It's not human doings. It's human beings. You know, we're called to rest in that place with the Lord because. We are nothing without the body. We are nothing without God, period. You know, you can't do anything. You can't even breathe without the presence of God. You can't. So everything needs to come from that place because it's not your ministry. Mm. It, it, it's not your ministry. It is what he has called you and mandated you to do because he is the empowerment that's on the inside of you to touch people while you are on this side of heaven. So it is your mandate. Go and make disciples. Go and preach the gospel. Go and lay hands on the sick. Go and watch them recover. You know, lay hands and raise the dead. That's what we're supposed to do. It's our mandate. But even that is still not who we are. We're still sons and daughters. Yes. You know, we're still sons and daughters. And I just kind of got over myself. You know, you kind of get over yourself. And you kind of get refocused. You know, and, and now I'm, I'm at a great place. I really am. The Lord told me in that, you know, he talks to you when you're going through these things. You know, you spend time with the Lord... He's going to talk to you and give you, um, give you strategy and tell you what's happening. You know, he told me, he said, you see it. He said, don't look at this season as a sit down. Look at this season as a step up because I'm launching you forward mm. into a new season. 
What I've got for you is bigger than what you thought for yourself. For my plans and purposes are higher than your ways and your thoughts. So, you know, you'll never go wrong. But it is my heart to bless women. You know, I, I wished whenever I was going through some of those times that I had somebody that would pour into me. You know, I, I wish that I had someone that would hold me and just let me ugly cry and just let me be vulnerable and let me, yes. you know, I, I just, I just needed to be transparent and I needed to, I needed it to be okay. I needed my mess to be okay. I needed somebody to tell me you're not going, you're not by yourself. You're not alone in this. We're going to walk with you through this. It's kind of like the story of the people that ripped the roof off the building and lowered the paralyzed man into yes. the presence of God. Sometimes you need those friends that's going to rip the roof off for you. They're going to intercede for you. They're going to hold your hand. They're going to hear your mess and love you through it. You know, and, and my journey of staying healed, because this is a process, this we're like onions, baby. We always got stuff coming up. People offend <laughs> us. Things are going to happen. Come on. I mean, every, even this morning, I had an opportunity to get mad. But you know what? I choose to forgive and I choose to bless and I choose to move forward. Because you can get caught in that hamster wheel of unforgiveness. And it's a prison cell that's wide open and you're sitting in here, but you can't get out of this prison cell because you refuse to forgive. So it's time for you to forgive. Somebody just needs to forgive this morning, this afternoon. Somebody needs to just choose to forgive because you are unlocking your prison. And we want to hold on to all these offenses and think that uh, we're getting back at the other person. No, you're locking yourself in a prison where the enemy has legal right to come in and torture you. Yes. That's the word. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and I'm sorry, but I know that I want to stay in that covering of protection and peace and provision that's in the covenant of God. I want to stay in that place. So I choose to forgive. Forgiveness is not, and it's not, a, it's not something that the Lord said, um, you can, you know, you, you can choose to do it if you want to. No, he commands us to forgive. Yes. It's a command. Forgive so I can forgive you. Release them. And you know what? Sometimes you don't feel like forgiving. And sometimes you got repeated offenders. Mm. Sometimes you have people that will repeat offense. I got to a place in my walk recently that I realized that my ex was repeat offending for like 20 plus years. And you come to a place where you are weary of forgiving. And even in the weariness of forgiving, because I was like, Lord, you know, your word says forgive 70 times seven. Well, I already forgave this man 70 <laughs> times seven and probably more than that. You know, but I realized in that moment, I still had to make that choice. And I also needed to forgive and, and release what I was feeling. Because, you know, you, you feel that offense. You feel that pain. You feel that irritation. You feel that. And, and, and you know, we do things by faith, so it's not how we feel. 
we do things by faith. We have to forgive by faith. I believe that sometimes forgiveness is a supernatural event that God has to help you do. You cannot do it in yourself. I have literally told God before, God, I'm only forgiving this person because I know you love them and I know it's your will. I don't know how to get more real than that. You know, because he comes in and that little bitty thing, and some people may say, that's a little disrespectful, but God made me. He knows my heart. He sees the things that nobody else sees, and he knows the type of person that I am. You know, and, and so it just it just is what it is. We choose forgiveness. We choose surrender. We choose repentance. It's a lifestyle. You know, and, and nobody on the face of the planet has any more power. Nobody can keep you bound unless you want to stay bound. That's right. The enemy can't keep you bound. There is nothing on the face of this planet that can keep you from being free if you're determined you're going to get free. I am the, you know, God is, he, he's the author and the finisher of my faith, but yet I have to walk it out. I That's have good. to do I have to choose to be healed. I have to choose to be. It's like that woman that, that had the issue of blood. Jesus is on his way to go heal somebody else. And there's a crowd around him. First of all, she's unclean. And in that society, she could be stoned to death for being in outside at all, number one. And, you know, in Jewish tradition, they would stone you. You're supposed yes. to scream unclean 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 so everybody knows that they need to stay away from you she didn't do that she pressed through a huge crowd because her focus of desperation was like i've got to get to this master i've got to get to him because i know that in him is what i need and i have tried man's way i have lost everything i had and i still got this issue and they made it even worse god i have got to touch you I have got to touch you. So she didn't care who was there. She pressed through all of them and she touched him. And the moment she touched him, he realized that virtue had left him and she was healed. But she wasn't just healed. She was delivered and she was made whole. And, and you know, I believe that the only way we can truly walk this walk is to be intentional about being healed, delivered, and set free. To walk that relationship with God and say, God, I can't do this by myself, but I can do it with you. And I want you to know that no matter what happens in your life, there's hope. There is God at the end of that. There, He turns around everything for your good if you love him. You know, and... and and through all of that, I didn't know who love was, but I found him. He found me. And it was God all along. It was him all along. I was created for him. I was made the way that I was made for him. He didn't ask anybody's permission. He said, this is how I'm going to make her. And I put my name on her. You know, I heard a prophet say a long time ago, he said, those that are marked by God are rejected by the world. And I'm thankful that I went through rejection 
because I can help somebody use it as a tool to step into purpose and destiny. You are not who the world says you are. We are raised in, in, in a culture that wants you to um, step on each other's neck to get ahead. We are raised in culture that says you've got to compete. You've got to do this and you've got to do that. Well, let me tell you something. That's not the way of the kingdom. Come on. The way of the kingdom is you come how you are. You come how God created you. And you be 100% authentically and uniquely divinely you me personally i plan on being myself a hundred percent transparent a hundred percent who i am with all of my flaws and all of my quirks why because i represent god the best when i'm a hundred percent me i can't be you and you can't be me and i i, I realized a long time ago i'm not going to be anybody else i'm only going to be who brandy is so I better get to loving me first. I really better take the time to know who I am and what I want and, and, and what God's called me to do. Because there is a generation of brandies out there that needs me to be healed. They need me to press through. They need me to, to stay steadfast in prayer. They need me to be um, in fasting. They need me to be in prayer. They need me to be in intercession. They need me to be free so that I can help them be free. And that's why I press forward. Because I know that God has called me to reach those same women like me. Those one that feels rejected and unloved and, and not pretty and, and not accepted. And, and the ones that, that are looking for love in all the wrong places and selling themselves short and settling for something that's less than them. Because they don't feel like they're worthy of more. That is my plan and my purpose. That's why I'm called. I'm called to be that voice. That voice for those people that can't speak for themselves. I'm there to be that safe place. That safe place for them to where they can come and say, Hey, I'm imperfect. I make mistakes. I do this. I do that. But yet I love them through it. And what do I do as a leader? I lead them back to the one that can do anything about it. Yes. I am only a compass. I will never lead you to myself. I will always push you back. Well, what does the word of God say? What does the Holy Spirit say? Because I'm not, I'm not meant to, to drive you to me. I don't need you to follow me. I need you to follow Christ. And if you're going to follow me, follow me to the altar because that's where I'm staying. <laughs> Cause that's where I need to be because I you know I, I messed up without the Lord and I just want everybody to be encouraged regardless of what you're going through regardless of how you're feeling whether it's church hurt or offense or just you got this thing inside of you maybe something happened to you when you were younger and you don't know how to forgive and you don't know how to move forward you know reach out to somebody who will love you through it help you through it pray for you lead you into the word and just walk it walk it out with you and there are women that will do that with you you know um i for one i'm always here i got an inbox let me know you know we can powwow um but yeah so that we need as women of god 
to have judgment-free zones. We Mm -hmm. need places of safety. We need places where we can really take these masks off about being church correct and proper and whatever, you know, because it's, it's not time for playing. This is a time when the body of Christ is rising up in power. We are being equipped in this hour. It is like the tares and the wheat is being uh, separated. The goats from the sheep are being separated. The entertainment is over. The, the fluffy, fluffy uh, worship is over. We are coming to a place where you've got to be on fire for the Lord. And the only thing that matters is your power and your presence with the Lord. Period. Because it's not going to be about man and his name. There is only one name that is worthy of being exalted. And that is Jesus Christ is Lord. And anything that exalts itself against that knowledge will come down. So he is, he is raising up a generation of no names. No names. He really is. And those that love him and those that serve him are going to see the kingdom of God come. They're going to see that power and that authority. We are in some of the greatest times in the earth today. Come on. We have the opportunity to see the greatest harvest of souls that the world has ever known. And it's coming. One billion, baby. I'm believing for one billion and counting. And I thank God for it. But, you know, we got to get to a place where we're healed. Because when you're not healed, you're in a hamster wheel. You're stuck. You can't move. You can't grow. You can't lose. You can't. You have to get out of that wheel. So I just thank y'all for the time. And I hope I ain't fussed too much. (laughs) (laughs) So I love y'all. Thank you for the opportunity, really. And I just bless y'all, really. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Brandy. Those of you that are watching, um, we were able to get YouTube up and going. So we have a few viewers there. But I'm so thankful that Brandy um, was able to share with us today. Very transparent. No fussing. It's what we need so that we can properly heal. Um, Because most of the time, um, we're in a place where we have women that will labor with us, but because of the offense, because of the rejection, we reject the help. And you, you, you really laid it all the way out for us to have a better understanding of the process. You know, um, you're all in the message of me and my husband. This is what we've been pushing. If the gospel leads you to a man, it's false. But when it leads you to Jesus Christ, you can see the kingdom of God advance. You're going to be healed. You're going to get delivered. You're going to see transformation. You're going to see those things lasting in your life. But what you need is to follow that thing that Jesus Christ has given you. And that's freedom. It's continual. I love that. You say it's continual. It's a continual process. I like how you gave the demonstration with the onion. The moment you think that you're healed from one thing, there's another layer there waiting to be peeled off that you didn't think ever existed. So it's a continual process. And sometimes it takes something happening. So that layer can come off to show, uh aha, you're not healed like you thought you was. 
And so I'm coming to take this 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 layer off so you can fully walk in who you are. Um, another thing um, is when you were saying balance. It's like a car when you're off balance, the steering wheel gets shaky. It's uneven. You know, you can't go in a, in a steady direction. You're not, it's, you're like crooked. And he wants to make our crooked path straight. And so I'm truly thankful today for the love of Jesus Christ being poured out on this one be your podcast, one be your podcast, because there was so much given for marriage. Yeah. I hope you ladies were listening. Okay. She she said, you know, not getting caught up in what he can offer. Because if you get up, get caught up in what he has to offer, then you're not going to see who God has blessed you with. It's going to be based on material things. Um, and so we have to be very mindful. Um, that we don't focus on the things that God is not focusing on, um, especially when it comes to our husband. Um, there's so many other things. When you were violated, how it opened up the doors of the demonic. And, and I think we're going to have to talk about that at another time, um, especially as mothers. Um, and you've had children that were violated um, and you were in a relationship or a marriage. It may have been the father, how it opened those doors up to the demonic, um, even a way of a lifestyle, promiscuous um, homosexuality, so many doors that can be opened in that, that you really have to, um, one, believe your child when they say they've been violated. Exactly. And break those cycles off of their life. And if you as a parent been violated, you have to get out of the place of denial. And you yourself need healing to break that cycle because you're following the same pattern. You're allowing the same relationships in your life. So that within itself opened the door to a place of freedom. You have to break cycles off of your life, off of your children's life. You have the responsibility. It's not up to your leaders, your pastor, the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, the teacher. Once you receive the word, you are now not only a hearer, but you're a doer. You have to apply what you've been given. And so I'm so thankful um, for, for this life-changing message. Um, I also want you guys to know that she is an author. Those of you that are able to see, um, she's the author of Braveheart. If you want to read more about her transparency, healing and deliverance, um, I'm gonna ask her um, to give me the website, all that information so that we can make it available for you to purchase. Every woman that attended this podcast needs to purchase this book. She reaches the singles and the married. And so there's so much transparency in here from beginning to the end. She can only just sum up so much um, within an hour. Um, but I know there was some something that touched every woman. Um, those of you that also attended and registered, I will be giving away a free copy of this book. I will, yes, I will. We will let um, who the winner is know by this evening. So ladies, definitely stay tuned. We're going to announce it on my personal page and also on the Prophetic Woman Rise ministry page. And so again, Randy, thank you so much. So many nuggets, so much revelation, so much wisdom. Um, poured out today and I'm pretty sure 
that they needed to hear it. Um, and like you said, there are women that will labor with you. Every woman isn't competing, jealous, or don't want to see you get your breakthrough. Sometimes it's us. I've been there in offense because I, I walked in a level where I couldn't trust again, you know, couldn't love again because of what I was connected to before. And I felt like if I shared my information again or operate in a place of vulnerability with the next woman, the same thing was going to happen. So I closed sometimes relationships that were meaningful. Can we be honest? Because of offense. And so we thank God for healing. There are real women out here that will keep what you share with them right there. And just like Brandy said, meet me at the altar because that's where I'm going to be at in the secret place because that's where you're going to get your healing. And so I'm so thankful. Once again, those of you that have questions, definitely put them in the Facebook live. If you have some now, we're going to give a couple of couple of more minutes. If there's any questions that anyone have, I'm going to look at the comments um, to see if there's any out here. If not, uh, we're going to go ahead and end it. And I want Brandy um, to pray out, pray us out. Um, I'm just going to give it a few more seconds um, to make sure that there aren't any questions in the chat. And again, I want to thank you guys um, for tuning in. She also had some nuggets for women that are in ministry because you can be going and going and going, helping everybody else. And you're forgetting about your house, your children, your marriage, and you're burned out. You have nothing to give. And he will put you in a place of sabbatical, of rest, so that you can deal with yourself. You're trying to be everything to everybody else, and you can't even deal with yourself. That's not God. That's not healthy. And so um, uh, we're going to go ahead and end it. I don't see any questions here. Let me see. Yes, don't have any questions here. So we're going to go ahead and end it here. I want Brandy to pray us out again. I thank each and every one for tuning in. Such an on-time word. Look, I'm going to go back and listen to this again. <laughs> I'm going to go back um, and listen to it again. Um, and because there were just so many nuggets that we need to hear. And Brandy, I believe that the Lord is going to open more doors for you to share this awesome testimony. Um, nothing can stop it because you're in the right season for God to do such great works. And this is where we are. This is the year where we're going to see women walk in healing and wholeness because we need it. We need it. We definitely need it. We can no longer walk around bleeding on other people and putting our issues on everyone, and we don't see them, um, we don't see what we do be effective to the kingdom of God. All right? All right, Brandy, go ahead and close us out in prayer. Amen? All right. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the word that you gave me. I thank you for the anointing that went forth. Lord, I thank you for the healing that's going to take place. I thank you for the deliverance and the revelation that has been uh, given today, Father. I just thank you for it. Father, I thank you for um, streams being uh, sprung up in the desert, for people that feel like they're in a parched land. Father, for those that um, are struggling and they're like, I don't hear you, God, and I don't feel you. I pray that the presence of God would flood them like just, just 
just a flood, God, a flood of your rain, a, fr a flood of your presence, God. I thank you, Father, for those that are seeking healing and seeking wisdom and seeking revelation and deliverance, God, that you will open a door for them. Father, I thank you for um, ways being made where there is no way. Father, I bless every person under the sound of my voice. I declare and decree that they will walk in the favor of the Lord. Father, I thank you for no good thing will they lack because you are our provider, God. I thank you, Father, for um, the awareness that you are shaking us awake in this hour, God. I thank you that the, uh, the identity of sons and daughters are being released into the earth, God. Your body is awakening, being um, being purified and made whole, God. I just thank you, Father, for all that you're doing in and through us, Lord. I repent for every person that has compromised, every person that has chose self over, over presence, God. And Father, I just stand in the gap for them that they will awaken to presence and purpose and relationship in you, Father. I just thank you for it, Lord. I, I release your love into this podcast. I release your presence. I release your healing. I release the grace to forgive, the grace to stand up, the grace to move forward, God, and the grace to keep going and to never stop and to never slack off, God. But we will hold your hand and we will walk through everything victorious because you fight for us and you war for us and you are our victory and we thank you lord we praise you jesus for there is none like you in all the earth in jesus name amen 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 hallelujah uh brandy they're asking for the website or the link to purchase your book could you give us that uh link uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up. It's, it's on Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to put it on the Facebook live to let them know that the book is on Amazon. And remember lady, those of you that registered, um, we will announce the winner that will get the free copy of Braveheart. And you can also go on Amazon to purchase the book. It's called Braveheart by Brandy Brown. Okay. All right. If there is nothing else, we want to thank you guys for tuning in once again. There are other platforms that the podcast is on. It's on Amazon Music, Spreaker Podcast, Spotify, and also Google Podcasts. We want to spread this out so that others can walk in victory and freedom through Jesus Christ, not through a man, but through Jesus, because we want them to know that there are women coming together that are doing what it takes to make sure that we are operating and walking in freedom as we should be. Amen. Nothing else. Thank you again. We love you all. Be blessed. Have a safe day.